This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 9, Episode 5, The Stuff of Legends. We don't have any special announcements for you guys this week, uh, so we're just going to plug our social media. We're on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so hit us up there if uh, you want to connect. Uh, and with that, let's move on into Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with the GM Hello. is about Series 9, Episode 4, Trail of the Wicked. In the last episode, we saw our merry ba- band of drifters roll into a Badlands town and get into trouble by solving some problems. But what I want to talk about is actually before we roll into town, we're double timing it through the Badlands at night in order to catch up and keep pace with the bad guys. And Roy needs a little pick-me-up in the form of a tonic from Badlands Pete. And there are some weird repercussions. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Manifest's pseudo-health potions and all the other things you can do with tonics. As we've mentioned before, Manifest has a pretty extensive crafting system for making gadgets, armor, and weapons. But you can also craft tonics. It uses the first aid skill and there's a lot you can do with it. Tonics cover a pretty wide range of effects, both good and bad. Obviously, a very common tonic is a healing tonic that restores lost hit points. Uh, But there's other tonics like ones that improve your attributes or improve your abilities. You can also uh, uh, have negative tonics like a sleeping draft or uh, or a truth serum, things that you can trick someone into drinking to uh, put a negative effect on them. And many tonics carry with them a certain number of side effects. And a, and a fun thing about tonics is when you're, when you're crafting them, if you don't have a specific talent, those side effects are randomized. And there are a lot of them. Uh, we, we saw Roy dealing with hallucinations, for one, some of them are, are minor, some of them are major, some of them are very mechanics heavy, some of them are kind of narrative heavy, and ultimately what it makes for is a very uh, is a fun uh, market to explore uh, when it comes to tonics. You can walk into the clinic of a town and they could have all sorts of different tonics with really weird side effects that you have to kind of like weigh the cost-benefit ratio of what positives you're getting versus what negatives. And tonics are among the most profitable things for characters to craft on Manifest, leading to uh, traveling salesmen, if you will, snake oil salesmen, maybe boasting higher quality tonics than they're actually selling so that players might be tempted to follow the path of the peddler and travel from town to town, hawking their wares uh, and selling tonics until, of course, they get run out by the local medic who doesn't want them encroaching on their uh, market. Yeah, I definitely think that tonics are, are some of the uh, best things to craft because they're so interesting and, and dynamic and, and useful when you have a, a crafter with you uh, who, who has the proficiency in first aid to get you those healing tonics in the middle of the Badlands. Yeah, and another fun thing about tonics is if they do carry with them side effects, those side effects don't come into play until after you fully reaped the benefit of 
whatever positive effect the tonic is giving you. So for something like healing, it's an instantaneous effect. You immediately get the hit points back. So the side effect comes immediately with it. But something that's like a plus one to muscle skills tonic might last a handful of minutes or a handful of hours. And uh, you don't have to face the side effects until the positive effects on your skills go away. To shift gears a little bit, there is another uh, mechanic in Manifest I wanted to highlight before we moved on into the next episode, uh, because as I was editing episode five, uh, I heard us bring, uh, mentioning this mechanic a few times, and, and I want to make sure the listeners understand what's going on. Uh, you may have heard in some of the previous episodes us mentioning having reliability uh, to a certain test. When you have reliability uh, either given to you by your talents, attributes, or gear, uh, it's a number of rerolls that you're allowed uh, on dice that don't hit your target number or lower. So any any unsuccessful dice, uh, you can reroll a number equal to the reliability you have on any given test. I know coming up in this episode, we mentioned our reliability a few times, so I just wanted to make sure everyone was on the same page there so you weren't uh, confused as we're talking mechanics jargon without any context. And if you hear us use any other jargon, uh, especially in relation to mechanics that you aren't familiar with, do uh, hit us up. Send us a question through any of our social medias or our website contact form, uh, which is EssentialNPCs.com. And we'll be happy to clarify for you and perhaps clarify in the next words with the GM as well. But that's enough about that. I want to know what your favorite part was. My favorite part was actually one that uh, was a little bit tense and a little bit awkward, possibly. It's the moment when the bartender in Bitterhook is trying to extort you guys as she kind of piecemeals out what information she has. And uh, and that got Juliet really riled up. uh, And she kind of like publicly declares that the bartender is a bad person and kind of forces the patrons there to question their morality. And um, it actually led to uh, to you guys getting some important information later. But the reason I liked it is something that I don't think the listeners would really key in on because uh, it's it it tapped into an aspect of Juliet's backstory that hasn't come up and really might not uh, moving forward. And and so I thought I'd, I'd kind of take a second to uh, to let the audience in on this little part of Juliet's backstory. She. Basically, without going into too many details, uh, when Juliet was very, very young, uh, a group of bandits rolled into her town and uh, just gunned down everybody and killed her parents and then kind of imprisoned Juliet and took her along with them against her will. And uh, it wasn't until uh, her mentor, a gunslinger, uh, confronted the bandits and and uh, rescued her and then you know taught her his ways uh, that she was able to kind of have any real like safety and agency in her life and so I intentionally as a GM was trying to poke and prod that aspect of Juliet's character when I was having this bartender be very cavalier about uh, like a young woman being kidnapped by bandits and being like yeah you know I'm just trying to get a profit out of this and Juliet I and and I was really really happy that it like it did get a rise out of Juliet and did kind of give us that emotional confrontation of Juliet being like, this shit is bad and I'm not going to sit here while you try to like profit off of it. We all need to come together when bad shit like this happens so that people don't get hurt. God damn it. (laughs) And uh, uh, I just, I liked the emotional charge behind that. Um, uh, So kudos to you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, What about you? What was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part was, um, Clayton's really 
smart use of clairvoyance. It's something that I wouldn't necessarily thought of to do to just like throw my consciousness up to like the sky and see what was going on. Um, and uh, it was really useful and we learned really important things from it. And uh, that kind of precipitating a very clean and swift like rescue was really something that I was proud of. It felt like the drifters were like coming together, working as a team. And, and I, I just really, all the feels go out to, to Ryan Covert for really taking the time to make smart choices. I really thought that was, was really stellar. So, uh, it made me happy. Yeah. When players do clever things, it's great. Uh, I, I definitely didn't think about, uh, putting the LRC tower there for him to like get a bird's eye view, but like that was super smart when he did it, but you guys are still on the trail of Eliza Valancourt. She is still a captive of the Walden brothers and I'm dying to see how this pans out. So let's move on in and listen to series nine, episode five, the stuff of legends. Enjoy. Greetings. I'm Clayton Sawyer. You may not have heard of me, but I'm one of the best bounty hunters in the Badlands. I got a few advantages, you see. First is Sugar, my Ache, and even though I only found her a few years back, my best friend. She was the runner for a herd and probably couldn't keep up and was cast out, and I know how that feels. So me and her bonded, and she grew up right with me stepping in as her daddy. The second edge I got hunting bounties is that I'm illuminated, and my abilities grant me an advantage that most of the nastiest outlaws ever got bountied can't compete with. The thing about being illuminated is that those same abilities that give me all those powers and advantages are also unsubtle to most folk. They can understand a gun or a knife, but they can't quite figure the threat someone like me might be to them. That's why me and Suge are always moving, hunting, and on to the next bounty, leaving people behind before they can make us get. One day, me and Shug are going to pull in a big bounty, and we'll make enough to settle into our own homestead where we can be ourselves and ain't nobody going to try to drive us away again. We'll wrestle cattle, do some farming, and live a quiet life on our own little slice of the Badlands. Howdy, folks. Name's Roy Hampton. Now I know what you're thinking. How did such a dashing young man come to be robbing you today? Well... You get to handing over your spurs, and I'll tell you what's what. I grew up in a factory town with my mamas Helen and Kate. Helen was a kind, quiet lady, kept her head down to raise me best as she could. But Mama Kate, she was the kind of woman who couldn't help but stand up for us, even when we weren't asking. In the city, there's two kinds of folks. The family, and people paying the family. And Mama Kate wasn't about to be either. Problem is, when you're standing up to a planetary crime syndicate, you and yours are liable to end up in the dirt. So when the Jimmies came to our home, my mamas held them off long enough for me to escape. After that, thieving wasn't a choice. It was survival. Now, miss, you ain't gonna get to that holdout before I loose this arrow. Just sit tight. We're almost through. See, turns out I got a knack for this life. Key is to always have the advantage. Never pick a fair fight. Second trick is to rob folks that can afford to lose it. And there ain't nobody richer than the family. There was a time I was hitting the family so hard I was taking enough spurs to live like a king. Trouble is, family ain't inclined to let robbery of that magnitude slide. Hence the 800 spur bounty on my head. 
Now I know y'all are feeling a few spurs short, but look on the bright side. Next time you throw a fancy shindig, you can tell the story of the time you were robbed by Roy Hampton, legendary outlaw. Y'all have a nice day now. Howdy. Folks around here call me Badlands Pete. You might have heard some tales about me. About how I use a rattler as a lasso, or how I ride a ball-tailed cat. Maybe you heard the one about how I punched the peak off of the tallest mountain of Manifest. <laughs> now, I ain't saying those stories are true. But I, I ain't saying they ain't. See, when I was a youngin', my parents decided the factory town life was getting to be too much factory and not enough town. So they packed us up and headed toward the freedom of the Badlands. Not too long after we crossed into the wilds, I wandered off after a working pup, my parents up, and left me behind. It was alright, because that pup's pack only well, took me in. It raised me, taught me how to be a survivor, just like them. And my brother Tommy, I'm sorry, Thomas, well, he came looking for me years later. He took me back to the big city with him, cleaned me up, and reminded me how to speak, and tried to help me back into civilized life. But I reckon after 20 years in the wild, the wild's in you for good. And it kept calling me. Before long, I, I found myself headed back to where I knew was home. Now I travel the Badlands, and folks can't seem to help but tell another story about me everywhere I go. You're welcome to come along, see if I live up to the legend. Cause you see, the Badlands are my home. I reckon I ain't leaving them again anytime soon. My name is Juliet Hunt, and I've been a drifter nearly my whole life. My parents were killed by bandits when I was far too young. I only survived because a gunslinger named Avery came along and rescued me. Being that I was an orphan, he took me under his wing and taught me to shoot like him. Passed on the craft, like a father to a daughter. After Avery died, I drifted alone for a time, until happenstance brought me to Cyrus Finch. He's loud, flashy, full of cockamamie ideas, and occasionally a criminal. And I, I ain't any of those things. We ended up drifting together a long while, and gotten to more than a few situations we never saw coming, including getting hitched. Like all drifters that live past their prime, we eventually hung up our irons, and we settled down in a nice little town in the Badlands. Now, I ain't so retired that I won't oblige somebody who's in desperate need of a bullet. And Cyrus has to sate his itch to run a grift from time to time. But by our standards, it's a quiet kind of life. For a long while, it was a pleasant life. Until Cyrus up and disappeared without a word. Now, he ain't the most communicative individual... But I just got this gut feeling that something ain't right. And Avery taught me better than to ignore my gut. So I've closed up shop, took up my irons, and set out drifting again. My Cyrus is out there somewhere, and I'm gonna find him. And when I do, oh boy, he better be in need of saving. Otherwise, he's in trouble. The last time we left our drifters, they had moved through the town of Bitterhook on their hunt for the Walden brothers and the woman they kidnapped, Eliza Valancourt of the prodigious Valancourt estate in the garden. They entered Bitterhook and found the Walden brothers had left a couple of members of their gang 
in town to ambush the drifters. Uh, however, the bandits were no match for them, and they took them out, got some information, and are now continuing their journey west, uh, trying to catch up with the Waldens as they make their way towards Tobias Station, a bustling trade hub on the on the fringes of society in the Badlands. Should the Walden brothers make it there, they could hop on any transport vehicle going anywhere, and the Drifters will have lost all hope of tracking down and rescuing Eliza Valancourt. You have doubled up on uh, Sadie, which is Juliet's horse, and Sugar, which is... Clayton's Ache. In order for you to have a hope of catching up with the Walden brothers, uh, you will have to ride nonstop, no rest through the night, and kind of push your mounts a little bit harder than they might be uh, that might be comfortable with. Um, so I'm going to need a body test for both Sadie and Sugar, and it will be at a minus two because of the extra weight of having two passengers as they're as they're not really trotting but more cantering their way uh, and sometimes running uh, to try and catch up two hits should got three hits okay so Sadie takes four damage and sugar takes two damage Juliet, you can tell Sadie is working hard. She made a hasty trip from Waypoint to here and is now basically being told to double time it. She's steadfast and strong. Uh, she's not even suffering wound penalties with only four damage. Um, but she, uh, uh, you can tell the strain is getting to her. She's, she's like champing at her, uh, at her bridle and um, just continuing to put the work in. But she's going to need a long rest after this. And si- similar but less so for Sugar... Uh, it's not uncommon for Ache to run at relatively fast speeds for long durations. They 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 have quite high endurance, but even this is starting to get to her a bit. Keep it up, girl. You're doing great. <laughs> Given that I am not an animal handler of any kind, I will do the only useful thing I can and keep an eye out for mines. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll look for any disruptions in the dirt and the land around the trail, point them out to them, make sure there's a uh, you know nothing on sort of my side of the trail. That, uh, that we might be running on to. Okay. Um, so, Pete, you will be assisting uh, Roy. It is an observe test at a minus five. That's uh, one hit. Okay. So for you, Roy, it's only an observe test at a minus four. Uh, and does my clear sight apply to this? It does. So minus three. Uh, uh, my high is a 10, and I got three hits. So uh, you're able to spot them, actually. You... As you're uh, as you're riding, like kind of off in the distance, uh, he points at like a kind of a, a strange mound of dirt, and uh, you kind of hike up, pushing on uh, Juliet's shoulders a little bit to get a look over her head, and uh, and you definitely spot like, okay, that one's a mine. Oh yeah, that there, that's a mine. Don't step on that. Uh, how far away is it from us? I mean, you're closing in on it, but uh, it's a good distance away right now. Safe distance. All right, I just don't want to spook Sadie. She's already working so hard. So uh, uh, I give her the little tap that I always do right before I shoot, and uh, and uh, I shoot it. Okay. Uh, with it pointed out to you, it's only a minus two to hit it. Uh, that's three hits. So you, uh, Roy points it out to you. You pull out your uh, your gun and riding forward uh, quickly with your 
with your horse, you casually pull the trigger and off uh, off of the distance, the ground bursts up with dirt and rock as the mine explodes. Uh, and you kind of go around that tiny little crater that's been made. And as you continue on, this trend repeats multiple times. A little while later, Pete and Roy kind of spot one, and Juliet pulls out her gun and <laughs> blows up another. And then a little while later, <laughs> and uh, this continues for a bit uh, until you guys kind of start getting into the night, and it's a little bit harder uh, to spot these mines. Um, but Roy does have night vision goggles. So, uh, yeah, Roy, the, it's still a minus five. Uh, you would have more penalties for it being nighttime, but your goggles cancel that out. Can I, uh, try to assist again? Sure. Uh, for you, it is a minus seven. Yeah, I got two hits. Nice. All right. So that's, or that reduces the negative penalty by two for you, Roy. Uh, I got three hits on that. So as you ride through the night, it continues. Roy and Pete keeping an eye out point out spots where they where they think there are mines. There's only one time where it ends up being a rock, but all other times it's like a dozen times it's actually mines. Uh, and every time Juliet blows one up, uh, one shot, and it blows away. And you guys are uh, riding through the night, which is quite tiring. So I'm going to need everyone to roll an endure test to try and fight off the negative effects of being sleep deprived and also being like riding on these animals nonstop for that long. Uh, well, I got two hits on that. I got three hits. I got four hits. Just one. So Juliet and Pete, uh, you are obviously tired, um, but the adrenaline of rushing to save Eliza is keeping you steadfast um, and, uh, and clear minded. Roy, it's getting to you a little bit. Um, you aren't used to being on the back of a horse for this long, for one thing, and um, it's been a hard few days. You're still technically a prisoner, and uh, and you're like keeping yourself awake is like proving very difficult, and and also like spotting all these mines incredibly stressful. You're running through a minefield right now. Uh, you take two damage, Clayton. It's even worse for you. You've been pushing yourself pretty hard since the bandit attack on the camp. You didn't even get to rest. It happened right after your watch. So you didn't even get a full rest there. And you are feeling it. You've been awake for a very long time, and uh, you take four damage. How you doing there, Clayton? You keeping those eyes on the road? I think a coffee would be nice. I got something close for you. It ain't gonna make me see shit, is it? Nah, nah. Just a little slower... But I mean, you know, sugar sugar seems plenty fast for us for now. Yeah, I'll take some. Here you go. You know, get you get you feeling right before uh well before whatever happens here. Uh so that's a tier one healing tonic? Yep. So he heals for three hit points. So uh reaching reaching uh from behind, uh Badlands Pete hands you one of one of his tonics. Uh you pull the cork out with your mouth, take a chug. It's not coffee, but it does revitalize you a little bit. Uh, you heal three hit points, um, and then you suffer the side effect slowed reflexes, uh, which will make your make you have a minus two on initiative tests. Thank you. I do feel quite a bit better. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, and you guys continue on, and um, the sun rises, and as it does, you see 
in the horizon, uh, a cloud being kicked up and figures inside it. From a distance, it's hard to count exactly how many, but it's mo- it's either multiple horses or multiple multiple motorcycles or something, just judging by the silhouettes. Uh, as we're approaching, I'd like to pop my last tonic. Plus one muscle skills, and it's long-lasting. All right. You take a swig of that. You feel uh, your muscles kind of tense up for a second, and then they, like, relax, and, like, you just, you know, sit up a little taller and feel a little stronger. And, uh, yeah, you guys are closing in on this. Um, it's kind of like a, an tense amount of time before you can get even closer and closer. Like they're on the horizon, far on the horizon. And you just like are watching as they get closer and closer. You can start to make out the shapes. You start to count about seven mounts, maybe. Uh, I would like to use my brand new Pinkerton talent. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and roll an observe test to assess the situation. Uh, that's three hits. Okay. You get to ask me three of those questions from that list. Are there any threats we haven't identified yet? Uh, There's a couple mines between here and there. You spot them. Who is concealing something from myself or my friends? The baddies would think they were concealing the mines. (laughs) 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 Um, But you you spotted those uh, with this kind of general sweep. They're they're not concealing anything. Uh, in fact, they're kind of all wearing like dark leathers and browns and stuff. And you get a glint of like the kind of pale blue of Eliza's dress. So it's not even like they're hiding her. Who is in charge of this situation? As you like are getting a little closer, uh, you kind of see like it's mostly horses. And then there's the one motorcycle. And you're like, that's that's Charlie Walden's motorcycle. And while Charlie is the younger of the two Walden brothers, he's always kind of been the one in charge. Uh, Harry Walden is bigger, but he has less of a a mind for crime. Uh, And so Charlie actually runs the gang and and is most in charge at this point. All right. I will point him out to everyone, as well as the Mons. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll use Lithe and then get my sniper rifle ready. Okay, yeah, go ahead and roll somatics. So using using your scope and looking down towards where uh, the enemy line is and Roy pointing it out, with all the pluses from your scope, with its uh, enhanced sights and its bolt action and its ergonomics and everything, that gives you a bunch of bonuses. And the distance at which you are shooting is, is extreme. And the um, fact that you're riding fast on a mount and they're in, in the distance riding fast on a mount is also adding negative penalties. So not taking into account however well you did on live, uh, before the positive modifiers of live, uh, taking a shot at them is uh, going to be sitting at a minus three. I got four successes on my live, giving me plus three to all finesse skills for a long period of time. Okay. I think I'm going to line up on uh, who we think is Charlie. Okay. Are you trying to shoot his bike or are you trying to shoot him? I think I'm going to shoot him. Okay. Uh, aiming down that line, you do kind of see that like it seems like probably Eliza is on, tied up on the back of the bike and will provide cover for Charlie. So you're going to be rolling out an additional minus three for that. Ooh, I don't want to wreck and hurt her. Maybe I should just start picking off some of the uh, other ones. Maybe we get closer. Yeah, let's go ahead and close the distance a little bit. Okay. Uh, You guys continue uh, closing the gap. You are faster than they are, it seems. Um, So it's kind of this tense uh, tense thing as you're at 
pretty extreme range, and it takes a little while before you get to just a long range. Um, and all the while, Roy is pointing out the extra mines that he's seen. There, there's a lot fewer of them per mile at this point. Uh, and Juliet's just shooting them out of the ground every time. And uh, once you get to about moderate range, uh, uh, that is when uh, you're at more or less gunfighting range. I, th- I think I start. I want to start shooting at about long range. Okay. Uh, so the previously mentioned, all things considered, um, before your live minus three is actually just a minus two. Uh, so when firing with your live bonus, you will be rolling at a plus one, unless you're trying to do a called shot or anything like that. I am just going to start shooting one closest to me, I guess. Okay, you aim at one of the one of the riders and take a shot all to get all told together m- negatives and positives you are rolling at a plus 1. High 13. His high is an 8. I'll go ahead and twist the knife uh, give him another net success for a total of 18 damage to piercing. You sit there kind of squeezing against sugar with your knees to try and steady yourself a little bit uh, and riding at almost full speed with an uh, You guys watch as Clayton's eyes kind of glow that yellow light. And then that yellow light moves its way through his body, kind of almost like an electric storm through his like nervous system or his veins. Uh, and then it kind of settles down. He takes a deep breath and it's almost like his, his like top half of his body is, is far more stable than you would expect someone, uh, in his position. And he squeezes the trigger, fires a shot and often the distance way off on, on the horizon, as you're getting closer, uh, you see one person fall off a mount and that horse kind of like swings off to the side, like without a rider. One down. Would you say that someone evil was just shot dead? Uh, yes. Walden Brothers gang, pretty categorically evil. <laughs> so everyone can get an XP for that. Um, and you are still at long range. Uh, as soon as you guys close the gap into moderate range, then you will have a better lay of the land, but also be in normal gunfighting range, and it will it will become a structured time uh, chase scene initiative. Do I have time to take another pot shot while we're at long range? Yeah, basically you guys have the advantage right now. Pick off another goon. Go for it. High 16. Uh, his highest is a three. <laughs> That's 12 damage to armor piercing. Still steady with the rifle. You line up another shot. You wait a good 12 to 15 seconds. And then you squeeze the trigger. The rifle rings out and you see off in the distance another rider fall off the mount and uh, and topple to the ground. Are they not slowing down at all? Not at this exact moment, but at this point, you're, they're either going to have to let you continue to pick them off or, or stop. All right, next goon. High 15. His highest is a nine. Another 12 damage to Armor Pearson. Uh, so you take a shot again. Another rider falls off the mount. And at this point, you see them start to like slow down and turn. And now they're coming towards you. I'll uh, I'll lean up to to Juliet and like, you can take Charlie Walden in sort of a a showdown. Um, Do you want me to incite him towards that or? uh... That sounds fine to me. All right. I will call out to Charlie Walden. 
hoping my voice carries over over the din of the the animals and the Charlie Walden, you yellow-bellied son of a bitch, leaving mines in an ambush for us, trying to get away, because you're too chicken to stare down a real gunslinger, woman who done shot your brother, shown him to be a yellow-bellied son of a bitch, too. I knew the Walden gang weren't nothing. Uh, go ahead and roll a manipulate test. My high is a ten. His high is a nine. Well, through the magic of two great expenditure and playing to the gallery... My high is a 14. I got four net hits. <laughs> <laughs> so this this group of bandits are charging down down the way at you guys. Uh, you can now see them. Like you see four uh, bandits with like, you know, hats and bandanas up and like thick leather armor. Uh, and then Harry Walden on a horse and then Charlie Walden uh, on his motorcycle with uh, Eliza strapped uh, to the back of it. And you, you shout out the wind carrying your, your voice west across the uh, Badlands. And as, the, as these bandits are rushing towards you, trying to get clo- uh, closer than moderate range, you see Charlie Walden like raise his hand up and, uh, and all of them come to a stop. And you guys come to a stop. And Charlie Walden kind of like skids his hover bike to the side and like puts a foot down to sturdy it. And he, and he looks at you uh, and uh, he looks at you, Roy, and... He goes, Roar Hampton, you dirty son of a bitch. You think that lady there can take me? And he uh, pushes off the bike and, and says, someone watch this. And, uh, and steps out in front of it, pulling back his long coat to reveal his two pistols on his hip. And he goes, well, lady, if you're, so, if you're as tough as, uh, as your friend likes to say you are, uh, how about you go ahead and face me head on instead of taking a cheap shot like you did against my brother back at that train? And uh, he is going to challenge you because he was manipulated into doing so. (laughs) And he says, we can sell this right here, right now. Prove who the better gunslinger is and give Roy Hampton another reason to turn tail and run the other way. Uh, So you can resist this uh, challenge with a discipline check. I actually have the playing the player talent, so uh, I can resist with my own challenge. Yeah. Uh, I also have the talent I'm Your Huckleberry, uh, which gives me uh, another plus one. So I'm rolling for 17s. So all all said and done, my highest is a seven. Oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what was your highest? Uh, 16. Okay. So how many net hits is that? Three net hits. So uh, I I hand the reins of Sadie to Roy, and I I slide off my horse, and I say, it's funny you should mention that you're calling yourself a gunslinger. You're what I'd call a pistolero, a man with a big gun and a big mouth, but really no talent at all. And I say this slowly as I'm advancing. So I'd like it if you raised your guns and tried to shoot at me because who boy would that put an end to this mess right quick because there ain't no way you're beating me in a quick draw. You have won this challenge. Uh, there's a, actually a little bit of a like hoo uh, behind uh, <laughs> Charlie as his own gang members are like, damn. <laughs> uh, now these, these two forces have kind of stopped. Uh, you got Sadie and Sugar behind you. You're a few paces ahead of them. The Walden gang has stopped. Uh, Eliza kind of tied down to the back of the motorcycle, wide-eyed, looking at you. As uh, several paces ahead of them, uh, Charlie stands, looking at you, and he like kind of he kind of like looks back over his shoulder, like angrily, and the the gang members like quiet down. Um, and 
uh, you're feeling pretty confident that he that uh, that you got his number. Uh, so uh, he he also uh, has, is too prideful to concede. So uh, as he is not conceding, you get the choice. Do you want to quick draw him uh, or go into normal combat? I'm going to go ahead after that big speech and go into a quick draw event. Okay. So you will roll. You can roll quick draw against him, and he will roll quick draw against you, and we'll see who comes out on top. Okay. Uh, so I am uh, the fastest gun in the Badlands. Uh, so I have a plus two to quick draw and a plus one to uh, reliability to my quick draw, and then um, I have a plus one to my quick draw accuracy from Showdown Expert, which also let, allows me to re-roll my successes as a quick draw specialist. So his highest is a 12. Ooh. A respectable 12. I'm going to go ahead and uh, re-roll a couple of times. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how many net hits do you have over 12 then? Five. Okay. So uh, in quick draw, your net hits are not limited by your weapon's accuracy, and the damage you deal is actually not just based on the power of your weapon, but the sum of your power, your weapon's power and accuracy together. So you take your five net hits and you multiply that by the sum of your power and accuracy, and that's how much damage you deal to Charlie Walden. <laughs> so that's 45 damage with two piercing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So you say that to him. He shushes his gang, looks back to you. Sizes you up. There's a slight breeze that billows, uh, billows his coat to the side. You stand there, unnervingly calm. Uh, Roy, Pete, and Clayton, you've seen a couple p- drunks walk out into the street and shoot each other down over nothing. All of them full of piss and vinegar up until the point that the, that the triggers were pulled. But there's something about the way Juliet stands with this just cold calm like still as a statue just waiting calmly for charlie walden to reach for his gun and you feel this kind of confidence emanating off of her as if she's in this moment she is most herself than in any other moment you've seen her and they stare at each other for a few seconds and then Charlie reaches for his gun, and as soon as two of his fingers begin to coil around the handle, Juliet's gun is out and smoking with a shot fired straight through Charlie Walden's heart. He stands there for a second, taking like one pained step forward, as if trying to finish gripping the handle of his gun, and he shoots it off in the holster as he falls down dead. Uh, I will take a moment to like really just take in what I just witnessed, shake my head a little bit, hop off the horse and start casually strolling over to Eliza sort of nod at the Walden gang. Well, both teams played hard. Uh, We're going to take Eliza and uh, get on out of here. You start (laughs) saying that. And as you start walking into that, like no man's land, Harry Walden goes, no, hell no. And he pulls out uh, he pulls out his rifle, um, which has a, a tube on the underbarrel, and he cocks that tube and he tries to shoot a grenade uh, at all of you. I'm gonna need everyone to roll a dodge test. Uh, Clayton, you can roll a wrangle because you are at the reins of an animal at this moment. 
All right. His highest is an eight. 14 for Pete. 14 for Clayton. Uh, 12. Well, I think a 10 still gets me out of the way, yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so you all scatter, and tears in, in his eyes, rage in his face. Uh, Harry Walden shoots this grenade right in front of you guys. You all kind of jump back. Sadie and Sugar uh, dart to the sides. It explodes against the ground. You kind of roll for it, and like there's a smoke that kind of like fills the area the, like as the dust and the explosion is like kind of hazing the the place and as you're trying to get a sense of like what's going on your ears ringing from what is the something like the 30th or 40th explosion that you've had to hear between uh between bitterhook and here and then you hear something else there's a rumbling in the ground as if something was disturbed by just the sheer amount of explosions that have been happening in this region and Badland Pete's, you don't even have to roll a survival test to know that there is a large creature in the ground that is burrowing its way up. Algarino! Oh, hell. The, the Walden gangs, before he even like finished shooting the grenade at you guys, the rest of the Walden gang was already starting to like pull, pull their, uh, their reins to like get out. They were, they were done. And as the smoke begins to clear, you get a glimpse of Harry Walden right before the ground explodes with the force of this creature shooting up uh, to the surface. This giant, almost insect-like creature bursts out thousands and thousands of tiny little spiked legs moving it uh uh giving it its motion uh thick almost impenetrable carapace uh surrounding the top half of its body a sharp jagged spine sticking out of the front of its head that lets it pierce into the ground and break through it as it spins its backside eight foot long clawed pincers Pete, which you know holds the prey of the Augurino in place as it pierces them with a, po- a giant poison stinger. Um, the Augurino's mouth itself is uh, vertical and, uh, and rife with needle-sharp teeth. Its colors are uh, an orange and red and black. Uh, it lands in between everybody, uh, blocking you from the Walden gang and from Eliza. The thickness of its of its long body is is twelve to fifteen feet in diameter, and the length is something around fifty or sixty feet. Its large insectoid eyes turn towards you guys as the Walden gang and Harry Walden all just bail, leaving Eliza on that hover bike tied down and you guys to deal with the Augurino. And it roars at you and its mandibles kind of like swing, uh, swing outwards uh, uh, and it thrashes its tail. You hear Eliza scream and we will now roll initiative. <laughs> I'm going to use uh, In My Element to spend one of my twice daily uh, free reliabilities on a test in the wilderness for this uh, initiative. Sure. So, yeah, you get to, you get to re-roll a failed initiative die. Uh, did anyone get better than a six? I got a seven. Uh, I got a six. I also got a six. And what did you get, Clayton? I got five. Pete, it is your turn. Hey, Clayton. Yeah. I got a, I got a dumb, bad idea. I might need your Aache here. Okay. But first, uh, I mean, it can't be that different from riding a ball tail, right? I'm going to lasso it. Okay. So you'll have to hop off the Aache and move in just a little bit, and then you get within range to get it with your lasso. No problem. Sure. Here it comes. Yeah, I got a, uh, a high 15. Uh, its highest is an 11. I'm going to 
play to the gallery to make that three net hits. Okay, so Badlands Pete, not missing a beat, swings his leg over the Ache, runs forward at this massive creature, pulls out his lasso, swings it over his head, throws it up, and it loops around that uh, that horn on the front of its uh, of its head, and he pulls it tight, and it cinches tight, and you actually see as Badlands Pete, like hooking the uh, hooking the lasso around his arm, pulls down, and the the head of the augurino gives and is pulled down towards uh, Badlands Pete a little bit as he seems to have some control over this creature with a rating three grapple. Uh- it's also going to need to make a negate test if that's a thing that it can be affected by. It is a thing it can be affected by, but it nailed its negate test, so it avoid uh, the, the toxin doesn't seem to affect it. You watch as the like the toxin like kind of seeps down onto its uh, onto its carapace, and then like it like its head thrashes, and the toxin's flying around. And I mean, from your perspective, maybe it's a little poisoned, maybe it's not. It's really hard to tell. Sure. The toxin's not necessarily meant for something this large, so you're not sure. <laughs> then yeah, I mean, you know, it's just like a horse or anything else. I'll run and I'll hop on it. Okay, uh, we'll call that an athletics test to do so. Uh, you have a plus three to this, and it has a minus three to try and uh, knock you off. All right, and it's athletics. My high is a 16. It's high as a 12. I got a three net hits. Uh, so pulling it down, this thing coils and thrashes, and using that momentum, Badlands Pete swings, uh, let, lets loose up on the rope enough so that it can re- rear its head back, and Badlands Pete holds on tight, as the rope swings upward and then he pulls down on it and you watch as Badland Pete plants himself on top of on top of the the head of this augurino kind of standing uh, uh holding uh, holding the rope with both hands pulling on the horn and pushing his foot against the horn he is atop the augurino yeah i'm going to punch it and i'm going <laughs> to i want to try to punch it on the side of its head as if to steer it All right my high is a 15. Uh, it's high as a 10. Yeah, I'll twist the knife, and I can now count all four of these net hits. It's going to be uh, 20 damage with the serrated, so an extra two to its armored hide, I guess. All right, uh, so Pete, you kneel down and drive uh, drive your, your knuckles into the side of this thing's, uh, in the side of this thing's head, its armor is thick and tough, and you hit it really hard. You actually see you 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 kind of dented it a little bit. It it like lets out a roar and thrashes around, and you have to like hold on tight again to like keep yourself uh, on top of it. Uh, Roy, it is your turn. I am going to just sort of take in this sight for just a second, as I have witnessed a man lasso and hop upon. <laughs> And punch an augurino. Uh, and then I am going to uh, run towards that hoverbike with Eliza on the back. And I guess I head past the head of the augurino instead of the tail, because the head seems under control. <laughs> <laughs> the head's also closer, so yeah, <laughs> you can run by the head and run around. Yeah, um, with the with the, the augurino currently dealing with Badlands Pete on top of it, uh, you can make it around uh, to the uh, to the bike and hop on top of it. As you get there, uh, bound and gagged, Eliza is just 
uh, I will uh, pull out an arrow and cut her her bonds and pull down her gag and pull down my bandana and give her the the Roy Hampton winning smile and say, "Howdy," and hop on the bike. Go, 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 go! <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead and roll a drive test um, as you kick it into gear. Uh, that's four hits. Okay. Uh, with that, you can move it from uh, from its its lowest speed to its highest speed as you just kick it straight in. It's a nice, fast, good hover bike, and you zoom around the Agarino. Uh Are you trying to run away, or are you just trying to get to a better position? I will telepathically over our link real quick. Just uh, all right. I'm gonna make the executive decision to run away. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roy peels out. Juliet, it is your turn. I will run back to Sadie uh, <laughs> and hop on up. Uh, and then I'm going to uh, kick her into gear, which I don't think takes much since there is a giant predator monster right near her. And uh, and follow Roy Hampton, notorious outlaw. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so... Uh, you can kick her into gear, no problem. It's a testament to her training that she waited for you to hop on before she starts riding. Um, you still could do a quick action if you wanted, but that's up to you. Sure, I'll take one shot with my left-handed gun. Okay, you kick her into gear and swing your left arm around and take a shot at the Augurino. Go ahead. All right, its highest is a nine, as it is currently suffering from the effects of a grapple. Okay, I have three knit hits. All right, how much damage is that? 18 damage and no piercing. Okay, you uh, turn back, take a shot. Uh, the bullet uh, carves a gouge in the uh, in the thick carapace of this creature, um, but does ricochet out into the distance. Uh, and Clayton, you're up. Uh, you see as Badlands Pete is still holding the, the lasso tight on this Augurino who's thrashing about. Uh, Roy and Juliet start making a break for it. Juliet makes an impressive but wild shot over uh, around her backside to uh, uh, hit this Augurino, which seems to like not like the the hit, but uh, is, is more concerned about Pete on its head. And uh, uh, Sugar is like stamping her feet and huffing. What do you do? Now, Pete, do we really need to kill this poor thing? No, I don't think so, but what if we get, got it going towards those uh, towards those Walden boys? What do you say, sugar? <laughs> uh, me and sugar are going to try to herd this giant worm over towards the, uh, the uh, bandits. Okay, uh, that will take a wrangle test to get sugar in position to avoid the thrashing pincer tail of the Augurino and to, like... You're not really, she's not like ramming up against the thing, but she's trying to like, basically like a sheepdog trying to herd this giant augurino by being like a threat to its side so that it turns the way you want it to. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and take a wrangle test. Uh, its highest is a seven. I got three net hits on it. Shug swings around uh, with the speed of an ache and comes up on the side of the thing as it's thrashing in, in the wrong direction. And it sees like this ache charging towards it and it like rears up and turns and, and Pete's able to like pull on the lasso and push in and dig in with his heel and make it turn that way. And uh, basically uh, for Pete to be able to kind of wrangle it and send it in the direction you guys want, uh, he will get a, uh, a plus three to that wrangle test. 
as uh, as you you begin assisting. And uh, Roy and Juliet, you guys look over your shoulders and you watch as it looks like for a second that Clayton and Pete are taming this ocarina. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's the ocarina's turn and it is going to uh, swing around and try to um, smash into you, Clayton. Try to kind of uh, smash you off of sugar. Currently high 15. Uh, its high is a 10. Um, so it thrashes out its its body, not the pincer reaching to grab you, but its tail and pincer swinging to try and bat you off of sugar. And you duck down and, and turn and like, it just barely reaches over you. Sugar actually kind of like stumbles, like kind of skidding on the ground for a second before continuing her momentum. Uh, and you hold on tight, and this thing continues thrashing around. It's a giant dust cloud surrounding you guys right now, as dirt and and dust and rock are being thrown up by the by the uh, struggle of this massive creature. And it is going to raise its head and try and like slam it down to put you uh, on the front part of its head, Pete. And then it's going to raise its head again and try to skewer you with that horn on the front uh, on the front of its head. I got a 12, but that could change. Uh, I'm going to spend a grit to make my own luck, so you can get a point of grit. Unfortunately, even if I spent more grit, the highest I could get is an 11, so its high will remain an 8. All right. Uh, so the, you kind of get bucked up, Pete, and you see this sharp tip of this, uh, of this horn on the front of this thing. This is a, you know that this breaks solid stone. It can slam through mountainsides like butter, just shattering it and making it so the Agarino can kind of burrow its way through anything. It's like almost like the tip glints in the sun and you uh, loosen up on the rope and roll alongside the bottom, uh, along the side of the horn, uh, spinning around and then uh, you kind of swing down and regain your purchase on top of its head. Hooey! It's a, it's a wildcat, and we got to get this thing round. Uh, and Pete, it is your turn. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrangle this thing. You can go ahead and uh, roll. Your grapple gives you plus three, and, and the assistance from Clayton gives you another plus three. Uh, you're rolling wrangle. We got a 14 high. Uh, my highest is a seven. Yeah, I'll twist the knife to uh, add another net hit. So uh, I got two net hits on it. I'm, and then I'm actually going to... I'll twist that knife just one more time. Uh, for three net hits? For three net hits, yes. All right. It slams down, thrashing and, and swirling. You've now, with the assistance of Clayton, actually managed to turn it. The Walden brother gang is is off in the distance. They're full-on galloping their horses as fast as they can in that direction. Uh, but this thing is now angled in that direction, and it's... You know creatures, you know beasts, big and small. This thing is pissed and wants to charge. You've got it where you want it. What do you do? Fantastic. I, I give it a stomp on its head and I shout, Yeah! And then I take off my lasso and I jump off on over to Sugar. All right. Clayton swings around. You leap off of the uh, off of the Augurino, landing right behind uh, Clayton as you do. And Sugar bursts forward with Ache speed away as the tail thrashes overhead. And you see this massive creature 
those small little claw-like feet, the thousands and thousands of them, have so much strength to them as it zooms forward across the uh, surface of the ground and actually dives into the ground so it's partially submerged and begins carving a trench, spinning as it does, the front skewer breaking the ground and the rest of the body throwing the dirt left and right as it, as it spins. And it carves its way, its path following the direction of the Walden gang in the distance. And you and Clayton and Sugar fly the opposite direction to rejoin with Juliet and Roy. And Juliet and Roy, you saw all that looking over your shoulder and you see them charging towards you. And by God, is that a smile on Badland Pete's face? <laughs> Ride them hard, boys. Ride them hard. <laughs> he's, uh, oh, he's just so happy. It's, it's, yeah, it's the, it's the first time you've seen just a full on grin across the, the face of Badlands Pete. And, uh, the, uh, the Ache is able to rejoin and the three of you are now riding alongside each other. You all saw us, uh, you saw all that. Just making sure you saw all that. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, it sure seems like a rumor or legend about Badlands Pete has proven true. <laughs> Uh, yes, that is the, the newly acquired advancement trigger that Badlands Pete picked up this level. So everyone gets an XP. <laughs> Let's just run through them. I know we just hit a bunch of triggers. What else we got? <laughs> uh, I was observed performing an amazing feat of athleticism. Yeah, that's two. A problem was resolved with a show of strength. Absolutely. And it feels like someone with superior firepower was defeated in close combat with a loose interpretation yeah. of firepower. Yeah, absolutely. The Augurino, way, way stronger than you. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, that's all four. Uh, an innocent laugh was saved with an exchange of bullets, though once again, I would say it's more of a deposit. <laughs> yep, that's one. I would say a precise control of a mount altered a situation, P. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> an animal is used to solve a problem. Absolutely. Yeah, that's two more for you guys. And the four of you with Eliza begin uh riding east exhausted worn sweaty but she's safe hey thanks clayton and hey uh thank you sugar that was uh that was a pretty crazy thing i did back there and uh well hell it turns out it goes a lot better with two <laughs> as long as i get credit in your legend badlands pete hey that'll be up to you my man Oh, don't worry. I'm telling that story at every tavern I can. <laughs> I've never seen a man lasso, mount, and then proceed to punch an augurino. Yeah, no one was around the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Roy, Eliza is clutching onto you, and then she like looks around and says, "I can't believe it. I, th I didn't think I didn't think you guys would find me." Well. I am legendary outlaw Roy Hampton. <laughs> you really think I was going to let the Walden gang run off with you? She looks at you like exacerbated and goes, I'll give it a rest, Roy, and kisses you on the cheek. <laughs> well, all right, then I drive to Waypoint. <laughs> uh, so it is a few days journey to Waypoint without mines in the way. And without having to ride your uh, your mounts extra uh, extra hard to get somewhere quickly, the three days back starts to get a little better every day. You're finally after that first rest, like everyone first night of camp, just head slams into the ground, tired. Uh, it's hard enough to like do the first couple rounds of watch, 
And then the next day it's a little better. And the next day it's, it's, it's almost like a little, uh, just a nice little trail ride. Um, and so for the, uh, for the journey back to waypoint, everyone can roll, shoot the shit. I'm going to talk to Juliet while she's fixing my armor. Uh, I'm going to talk to Badlands Pete on the way into waypoint. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll shoot the shit right back at Roy. And uh, I will finish up that conversation Clayton and I are going to have. Okay. Uh, so everyone go ahead and roll personality. Uh, who wants to go first? So Juliet's patching up my armor. You saw that, right? <laughs> how, many, how many hits did you get? Zero. Great. <laughs> All right. So... This okay. this interaction is going to go badly. Yeah. This uh this I think is on the first night, right? Where everyone everyone is exhausted, tired. You just made it away from the Augurino. It's nighttime now. Everyone's worn to shit. It's hard enough putting up the camp. And Clayton hands you his armor and says, You saw that, right? As she just like lays down and closes her eyes and is getting ready to <laughs> drift off. Right now? Well, I figured just in case we get in any trouble, and I didn't wake you up, did I? Not quite, no. <laughs> uh, so listen, Clayton. While we're while we're uh, hanging out, not sleeping, I guess I was wondering. You keep saying that you're not uh, turning Roy in anymore. Is that correct? You know, I I've been doing a lot of thinking on that lately. Actually, the bounty's from the family. They ain't exactly the most up-and-up folks themselves. And he hit, he's he been out of cuffs now for a while, and he's just done nothing but help all those passengers. And maybe he's got other motivations, saving Eliza, but he seems to be a good man at heart. So were you hired by the family, or, or was it that Roy told you it was from the family? Because I am certainly no fan of the family, but also, uh, before you answer, it's 800 spurs. People don't give bounties like that for much. I think the last time I saw a bounty that high or higher was during the proto-martyr crisis. So, um, that's almost 20 years ago. Well, he ain't no proto-martyr, is he? Okay, we're, um, this is going over your head. It's fine. You don't want to turn him in anymore because... You're opposed to the family. They smuggle animals, Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing farming them to eat and live, but it's a whole other putting them in a box to gawk at them. She blinks a couple of times. Okay, cool. Uh, so you don't mind if then I, I take over the bounty then? Well, if you're going to take them in anyway, we might as well split it. <laughs> I'm the one that caught him. Right. Right. But you're also the one who's letting him go, right? Well, I'm not. Because, I mean, your, your like, code as a, as a bounty hunter is kind of like you care about the reason that the bounties are around. And if, you know, the bad people want the bounty because they hurt animals, then, like, it don't matter if, like, a person's hurt people. So um, if you don't care about any of that. Then, uh, then I'll just take the bounty. You, when we get to Boy Point, well, I'll on. take over. Well, I'll, I'll take over Roy. If no, you're that's fine. Take it anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Here's your armor. Great. Um, it has been super good. I saw your really cool, not dangerous or risky antics with that giant death worm. Um, 
and uh, very impressive. And uh, I'm I'm gonna like go to sleep. You think about what you're gonna do with Roy Hampton, and you let me know uh, if you're gonna take him in or not. If you are gonna follow your creed, because if you ain't, I'm gonna take him in because I could use that money for my town's general store. Well, now you put me in a real moral dilemma. <laughs> she shuts her tent flap at you, sir. Uh, <laughs> and you're left there holding your well-repaired armor. Uh, but now with, uh, with Juliet cross at you and, and you still trying to catch up with exactly what's going on. <laughs> and we'll jump to uh, Pete. You picked Roy? Yep. I got uh, two hits. Okay. Uh, so, Roy, you get to learn something about Badlands Pete on the next day. Uh, as you guys are uh, either as you're packing up camp or already on the on the trail, uh, you have a, a little bit of time to talk to Pete. Well, uh, you know, come on over to Pete, help him pack up. And uh, hey, uh, Pete, I ain't the outdoorsy type. I ain't really spend a whole lot of time in the Badlands. But, you know, like I, I, I see that this is your home and you got a fondness for it. And man of your stature if you see something out here there must be something uh so uh what's your favorite thing about the badlands it's tough to say because uh well it's sort of everything like everything goes on around me out here i just feel so comfortable the the store of all the stories they uh and they sort of tie back to one thing that sort of the badlands is my home and well that's that ain't no story i grew up out here I was raised out here, and uh, all of this, well, this is my home. I love it. Well, damn, Pete. That was mighty profound. Thank you. And then a little bit more along the journey. Uh, Roy, what did you roll for Pete? Uh, I got four hits. Okay, so you guys are getting ready to set up camp for that night, and you and Pete bond over something. What do you think it is? Hey, uh, Roy. Yeah, what's up, Pete? So I've been thinking about... uh that conversation we had the other day, and something occurred to me. What's your home? I mean, you know, your legendary outlaw, Roy Hampton, so is, what is, living outside the law your home? Uh, well, I reckon it is now, but uh, I, I grew up in Glenspire. It was very nice for a short time, and then not great for a very long time. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, out here in the Badlands, there ain't no laws. And I, I reckon you understand survival. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you, in the factory towns and the cities, there's plenty of laws. But uh, what they really is, is uh, chains. Keep, uh, keep folks down, keep people on top on top. And I figure, if that's all them laws is going to do, it's the point of paying attention to any of them. Yeah, I get that. Feels nice, doesn't it? Living without chains. I very much agree with that, Pete. And uh, both of you just kind of sit there and contemplate that, uh, sitting on like a large uh, stone, looking out at the night sky of Manifest, strewn with stars and, uh, and the two moons shining down. Clear, clear night, not a cloud anywhere. And uh, you guys just kind of soak that up a little bit. And um, Juliet, you also picked Clayton. Uh, how many hits did you get? Four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So after having some crosswords with each other, you guys are getting relatively close to waypoint at this point, and you two bond over something. Uh, what do you guys think it is? So a couple days ago, you mentioned 
that general store. What's that all about? Oh, uh, I retired from drifting a little while ago. Um, help a town in need. And I uh, run their general store. It's a town that ain't got a lot of money. And I, I try to supplement what I can uh, with my own. And uh, it's a good town with good folk. And, you know, buying some extra maybe some special or larger supplies from San Cordero or perhaps Markham's Landing or getting it shipped in wouldn't be like the worst thing. Uh, Also, there's some folk there that really can't afford the things I sell, and so I give them to them at at a discount. It ain't exactly the most exciting life, but why do you bring it up? Oh, no reason. And uh, Clayton kind of glances back at Roy. And uh, uh, so we're sitting around the fire one night. I'll look up to Roy, put my hand on his shoulder. Hey, you did a lot of good out there. I thought you was going to run on me. And uh, I appreciate that. Click. Well, hell. But I still got click. A job I got to take care of. Clayton, I got to be honest. That's disappointing to hear. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it is. And with that, we'll end this session. (laughs) This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is affiliated with and specifically approved by Tommy Cotton. Manifest, the RPG, is property of Tommy Cotton, all rights reserved. For more information, go to www.manifesttherpg.com.